Hey everyone, welcome to the Persistence Podcast. My name is Robin, I am your host, and I own a small company that's e-commerce called Noye. That's www.noje.biz if you're interested in checking that out. We've got craft chocolate, coffee, tea, and other goodies on there for you. Um, But enough about that. We are here to discuss business strategy and entrepreneurship with other small business owners. Um, And it's been a couple weeks since my last post, so sorry for the inconsistency, but just recently moved from San Diego to San Francisco. And, um, you know, networking up here has been a little bit daunting, and I have not made a whole lot of connections yet. So bear with me, uh, stick with me and be persistent about my persistence podcast as I expand uh, my network of other business owners here in the city. Today I'm here with Lindsay Kilberg of Ritual Hot Yoga. Uh, say hi, Lindsay. Hi. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit about your business strategies and your experiences in uh, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So before we get into all of that, uh, where are you from originally? From Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Cool. And then what brought you here to San Francisco? Well, it was actually right after college. I went mm-hmm. to school at University of Iowa, mm-hmm. and I moved to Chicago first and foremost. Okay. And when I was there, I moved there to teach yoga okay. uh, for Core Power. Okay. And it was good. I was excited about the city life, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And we had one of the worst winters Chicago had ever seen. Oh, yeah. And I remember sitting at the yoga studio and looking outside and just in my head, I remember this moment. I was like, I will never spend another winter in Chicago. Yeah. And there you go. I met a guy and we'd known each other for like two months. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm moving to San Francisco. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll come. Yeah, so came out here kind of on a whim, but was excited about the yoga community mm-hmm. and, you know, known there was a lot of good teachers out here. So very cool. Very, very cool. exciting. Yeah, I've been to Chicago in the winter before to visit family. Um, it's the only time that I've been in a negative temperature before. <laughs> it was just very, very confusing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The bone chilling. Oh, my gosh. You, you understand just, what that means. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, wait, no, my bones actually hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I felt like an arthritic 80-year-old woman. <laughs> So, San Francisco, do you Mm -hmm. feel that the city is better for you, more representative of what you wanted? I think, yeah, when I first got here, it was definitely an adjustment. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from Chicago, and I'm, you know, was so used to just buzzing around. Yeah. And then I got here, I'm like, wait. I remember one of the first things, I was like, why are the cabs not honking at each other? Yeah. You know, and then if you could even find a cab. Yeah. So, it was was definitely an adjustment, and Mm -hmm. then it was after probably about six months when I got it, I was like, Oh, people really are just more relaxed here. Yeah. And that was that. You know, I got rid of pretty much all of my heels. Uh-huh. All my going out clothes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, all right, just surrender. Here we are. So <laughs> now I go back to Chicago and I love it mm-hmm. and still definitely liking the vibe here. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. I had like the opposite uh, experience moving here because um, I moved here from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And San Diego is just about as relaxed as you get. You know, it's, if you think that this is relaxed, you go there and everyone's like moving in slow motion. It's, uh, so here for me is much more hustle vibe than Mm. I'm used to. And that took an adjustment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really liking it because I'm not exactly of a relaxed mentality. I'm kind of more, I don't know, energetic. Mm-hmm. So it's been a good move. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's a good sweet spot here. Very much. So you first taught for core power? Mm. Well, so first I... So I took my first yoga class when okay. I was in college. Okay. At the University of Iowa. Yeah. And I, I remember all these little moments. I remember the moment mm-hmm. I saw my first yoga pose. Okay. Like in person. And uh-huh. it was um, my dad's girlfriend and she was doing this pose in the kitchen. Uh-huh. This eagle pose. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I... That was kind of fun. I could do that. Right. Like you look like a twisty little pretzel. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. So I was I was a freshman uh-huh. and it was in Iowa City where I was going to school. So I drove up there for a day, took my first yoga class, mm-hmm. and literally walked in. It was a ninety minute class, and I was like, "Oh, I got this." Like you know, most people were you know mid you know mid thirties to mid forties. Yeah. And. You know, I was thinking, I'm all young, like, I can do mm-hmm. this. I'm 18. <sighs> Took my first class, it, like, tore me apart. Oh, wow. You know, I'm in final Shavasana, and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, which uh, which style did you do? It was a Bikram style. So it was, okay. it was a heated class. Mm-hmm. It wasn't straight Bikram. Yeah. They did a little bit of vinyasa in mm-hmm. it. Um, the Barkin method is... I haven't done that one yet. Okay. Okay. It's good. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I just immediately was hooked. I'm like, yeah. great, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I come from a very, like... My dad's very entrepreneurial. My mm-hmm. grandpa's very entrepreneurial. And I always knew I wanted my own business. I just yeah. didn't know what. Yeah. So after the first class, I was like, great, I'm going to have a yoga studio. Okay. So I got a degree in business management. Uh-huh. I started teaching the next year. Blew through like three, four teacher trainings. Because mm-hmm. um, I just got addicted right away. Right. And then I moved to Chicago. Okay. And I got when I got there, you know, it was a mom and pop studio in Iowa. It was you know, interesting. We opened a second location, so mm-hmm. I kind of helped with like the marketing, you know, cool. just little things here and there, and was just fascinated by how Core Power mm-hmm. did this like really large scale situation. Yes. So I, yeah, was excited to go work for Core Power, but when mm-hmm. I got there, I just figured, well, I've been teaching for a while. I've got all these certs. Like, can't I start teaching? They're like, no, no, no. You have to be certified in our style. Yeah. Like, okay, got it. No worries. I love teacher trainings. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like an arm and a leg. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't really afford it. So I ended up doing their yoga sculpt teacher training. Okay. Which was a little bit more affordable. Mm-hmm. And I did that and started teaching uh, almost right after. Um, but was a little shocked because after I had done the teacher training, it was like, oh, okay, now you have to do an internship. Yeah. It's like, what is this internship? They're like, oh, it's 30 classes. And was that unpaid? Unpaid. Okay. I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, this is great. Namaste. Right. Namaste. Let me jump through all of your hoops. Exactly. (laughs) So I did. So Uh I did my internship and then they were like, oh, and we um, have you do some marketing along with it. I'm like, perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Well, marketing was like cold calling all the students. Oh, gosh. For free for two hours a week. Oof. So I was like, this is very interesting. It seems like a lot of free labor. And again, uh-huh. fresh out of college, doing my, like, living my dream life. So I'm like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yes. So finally started teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, was teaching for Core Power mm-hmm. and was teaching four or five studios all over. Yeah. And was like, okay, not really making ends meet yeah. still. Uh-huh. So decided to take on a few more things. So mm-hmm. I was became an assistant manager at one of the studios. Okay. And 
that was nice because I got to see more of the business end of things. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the people I worked with and all of that was great. But again, still not making ends meet. So then I started leading boot camps. And before you know it, I literally was like so burnt out. Yeah. You know, I had no idea which way was up. Mm -hmm. I remember I was really, really, really sick for a while with kidney infections. And it was like, too bad. Yeah. You got to teach. And you, you know, if you can't find a sub, that's on you. It's just this very wild situation. And I couldn't understand where the yoga was. Right. In the yoga studio. Yeah. And it it just killed me, you Mm -hmm. know, because the reason I was in it was for the yoga. You know, the asana is beautiful, but like the, you know, the philosophy and history, it's just the core. So. Yeah. I had a huge breakdown. I literally called my mom bawling. And I'm like, yeah. yoga ruined my life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I wish I never started. Yeah. And she was, she like, let me like bitch for like a minute. And she was like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? Right. So then I got up fired. I'm like, great. I'll just have my own studio and we're mm-hmm. going to pay everybody a salary and we're going to, you know, teach yoga. Yeah. And, uh, you know, health benefits, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Right. Vacation time. Yeah. Sick time. Imagine that. And you would think that that would be just, that would come with it. You know, that would be a a normal thing. But I've taken, you know, a teacher training and I know a lot of instructors and that seems very, very much not to be the case in most studios. It's like everyone's a contractor and each studio you teach at gives you maybe a few classes a week, but they want to keep their schedule, I don't know, dynamic and make sure that they're not having one instructor all the time. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, it's just almost impossible. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, the burnout rate of teachers is insane. And right. the ones that make it usually are not, you know, financially supporting themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was kind of like a gross reality where I was like, well, what the, what, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. You know? So I'm, you know, seeing kind of the management side and then understanding like, oh, so that's the type of person we're looking for. Right. That seems off, mm-hmm. you know? So, so frustrated. Yeah, it seems kind of sad and it's very much the opposite of what you would think in a generosity yoga mindset. A lot of the employees of these studios are just barely making it and living with like five people and eating ramen, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember so many people, they'd be like, you know, they would do their um, calculations and it was like mm-hmm. the cost of transportation uh-huh. was more than they got paid for the class. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. And it's uh, mm-hmm. it's like you're paying to have a job, mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. Yeah. So you wanted to not do that with your studio. Yeah. So I was very excited to, you know, just revolutionize the yoga industry is my mission. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to show, you know, show the world, show the industry that you don't have to treat your teachers like this. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be more expensive. And it doesn't, like, that's just the humane thing that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a yoga culture, yeah, you create a yoga culture. Mm-hmm. So moved out here and I knew it was going to have to have a pretty, you know, great business model. Yes. I was going to have to charge a premium price mm-hmm. to get the first one off the ground in order to prove that I can do this. Mm-hmm. So I was fascinated by Lululemon, actually. Okay. Because they had were really the pioneers in how do we charge $100 for a pair of yoga pants. Right. So I was like, well, i got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I went to – I started working there. It was fabulous. They um, 
have a really cool entrepreneurial uh, culture. So when you're a manager there, mm-hmm. you know, you run all, all the different departments and they give you a lot of, you know, freedom to kind of, you know, run your own business. And so I loved that, you know. Yeah. And not to mention that you could stay involved in the yoga community. So I learned a lot while I was there and still, you know, the whole time marinating in my yoga studio. And one of the things I loved was how the educators at Lululemon could do um, other things in the business. So support with marketing or community events. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, great. That's what we can do with the teachers. Because so many times you're teaching and you're like, I can't talk anymore about yoga, you know. And a lot of these people have a another skill set mm-hmm. that they want to leverage. So it's like, perfect. This is what we're going to do. They're going to teach part-time. They can, you know, do business stuff the other half of their time. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have, you know, a mixture thereof. Yeah. Uh, so was kind of formulating all these little odds and ends. Everything was starting to fit together. I was starting to break it down into the teachers, the class, mm-hmm. and the studio are the three yeah. main pillars that I like to think of. Okay. So... With the teachers, I'm understanding the model. Okay, this is what they're going to do. This is what it's going to look like. This is the career path. Mm-hmm. Then started getting into the uh, studio. Yes. So being in San Francisco, obviously, uh-huh. and coming from cities, like, why am I paying $2 for a mat? Yeah. Yeah. Why, and so I'm thinking from a customer expense mm-hmm. or experience, you know, the yoga is supposed to be your sacred time. Yes. Your time to walk in and relax. Mm-hmm. Your time to not wait in line anymore. Mm-hmm. To not worry about, do I have my credit card? Did I forget this? No. Like, you should walk in the door and the class begins. Mm-hmm. So, it was immediately like, everything's inclusive. You walk in, it's all inclusive. Yeah. I remember standing on the floor at Lululemon and I was talking to one of my teammates and I was like, look, my yoga studio, imagine this. Mm-hmm. You walk in the door and instead of seeing a front desk, you see two club chairs. Mm-hmm with a fireplace burning and instead of sitting down or like you know having this transaction across the desk you sit down mm-hmm. and we explain what a membership looks like to you yeah and he was just like you're insane <laughs> I'm like I know but anyway so that's what we have now so we yeah. have this all-inclusive experience no front desk you come in you sit in a chair you sit on the couch you know, I've got my dogs there, and mm-hmm. it really just feels like home immediately. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been a few times now, mm-hmm. and I really like it. It's a very warm environment, well, hot environment once you get to the actual yes. studio. But uh, it, it definitely feels more, I don't know, friendly. A lot of yoga studios I've been to can feel, I guess, kind of sterile and off-putting. Like there's a, a delta between you and the instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes instructors can be... Uh, a little bit, I guess, high and mighty, where it's like, I know so much more than you, and I'm teaching you, and mm. that vibe can be really off-putting, you know, it's it's nice to have, like, yeah, I relate to you, I do yoga myself, and if you fall, that's okay, I fall too. Oh, yes, and that's, yeah. and that's one of my, yeah, so that's part of the class, uh-huh. so I, I can't handle that. Either. Yes. Ugh, I mean, no, in not saying any personally like I need to know that I can relate to someone and I'm human Mm -hmm. we're all human so with the class one of the things I was most passionate about is showing the power and vulnerability Mm -hmm. and being raw getting Mm -hmm. really real with people yeah because we have these beautiful you know ancient you know teachings that we can leverage and you have things like the yamas and the niyamas and the Mm -hmm. chakras but 
you read about them and it almost seems so far-fetched. You're like, well, how the hell am I going to do that in today's society? Right. Like, I have a laptop now mm-hmm. and I don't live in the Himalayas, mm-hmm. you know. So what we focus on with our teachers is, okay, you need to take these teachings, practice them in your life, and then teach our students how they're applicable to today. Yeah. And come from a very authentic, raw place. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, you know, we encourage our teachers to do is to share something personal mm-hmm. in class and not about how great you are about how this and the other like what's something really deep and dark mm-hmm. let's say that you want to like share with them mm-hmm. to show how you are uh, using yoga in your own life right you know when we fr- opened our first ritual I was going through a divorce mm-hmm. and I remember my students knew that I was getting a divorce before my grandmother knew right and I just dropped it in class. And it was so nice because then we take them through and we can coach them in their own life. But mm-hmm. the, there's something very, the way we have it outlined through class, it's the whole class, when we first started, it would take me like six hours to make one class. Yeah. Because I would study the body. Okay, so at what point are people very receptive? Okay, at what point are they not going to hear a word you're saying? Right. And so we've created this way of teaching yoga through the physical body Mm -hmm. and also bringing the emotional components out through the physical poses and Mm -hmm. when you say certain things. And there's something really magical when, I like to say, like, when you go first. Mm -hmm. So before we would ever ask anybody, you know, coaching questions, let's say in class. Yeah. We like to share something first. Yeah. Uh, And... You know, people instantly, like, they, their guard almost just, like, falls down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they start to go places with themselves that they haven't been before in a very safe environment mm-hmm. and, you know, a dark, warm, inviting environment. And, you know, the teachers up there are like, yeah, you know, I am you know, going through divorce, like, so on and so forth. And then I remember I'd have people coming up to me after class, like, I can't believe you're saying all this. Like, I, I just went through a divorce or... Mm-hmm. You know, a girl can be, I, one of our girls that works here, she's like, mm-hmm. I was literally going through a divorce. And you got, like, you know, sharing that got me through it. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to just talk around issues. Yeah. Than just get right in there. Right, yeah. So it's, uh, so the class is, that's one of the biggest components of class is the intention mm-hmm. and how you make people feel. And then it's a hot and humid class. Mm-hmm dark candlelit you know you gotta set the mood mm-hmm. I uh, was very interested in a sensual experience when mm-hmm. I created ritual so it was all about what what do you see yeah so is everything visually appealing mm-hmm. you know what do you smell yeah God knows we've all been to that yoga studio oh yeah the one that has like the mildew from all the humidity mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yes oh my gosh uh-huh. and my team thinks I'm crazy uh-huh. if they ever hear this they'll know I'm always like, no, 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 we got to clean. No, I saw a dust bunny. Let's clean the whole room again. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) So that was very important. And then uh, touch. So we have an assistant in every room. Mm -hmm. And our teachers are trained to assist while they teach. Good. And that's huge. I mean, sometimes just simply putting my hands on someone's shoulders in the opening meditation. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that I haven't been touched in like who knows how long. Yeah. And they just melt. And it's like that moment of like human connection mm-hmm. that we can sometimes lose through devices and screens. And so that's a really important part of our our class as well. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely easier to um, 
I don't know, open up to an experience when the person that's leading you is open as well. And they find a way to show that, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 you can put your guard up immediately if you can sense the guard in the other person. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so we, um, the other thing that I was excited about in class is music. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved to play like Biggie and Tupac. I'm like, why can't you play that in yoga? Right. Why wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> exactly. And so I remember going actually to Soul Cycle. And this was right before uh, leaving the women to do ritual full time and was in class on the bike. And I'm like, okay, why is this so addictive? I hate mm-hmm. spinning. I fucking love this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I'm like, you're in a trance, but what is it? You had to be so present because you're moving to the beat of mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. And I was like, well, could you do that? Like, you couldn't really do that in yoga because the poses are static. And I'm like, what do you do throughout the whole class? Mm-hmm. Like, breathe. Yes. And I literally was like, I'm like, oh my God, what if we breathe to the beat of the music? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you couldn't do that. And of course, now we breathe to the beat of the music. And that's, you know, what is the fun part about training all of our teachers is they're like, how... How am I supposed to do this? And right. then once you get it, you drop into this trance because, again, we're so meticulous on the back end. Mm-hmm. And so the BPMs we have correlate with the postures that correlate with a part of class that correlate yeah. with this you know journey that we're going on. And then who picks the music? Is it all picked by you or does the individual instructor pick it? Or The teacher does. Okay, so gotcha. They get, to do, yeah, they get to get creative with it. And we have very few parameters. We have the BPM guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, but that way, you know, the, the teacher, they're being so, they're exposing so much of themselves. Mm-hmm. You want it to be safe and inspiring for them as well. Yeah. So music's a good way to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. So before all of this was kind of put together mm-hmm. as your studio and you're still formulating it in your mind, mm-hmm. um, how did you go about getting funding when you were like, okay, my business plan's ready. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> oh lord so we pitched uh-huh for like four months with nothing okay were you uh, pitching to like banks or vcs or we pitched we would just reach out to people on linkedin sure and we got great responses sometimes mm-hmm. we would have like seven eight a week mm-hmm. and pitching to these people and they you know we were speaking as if we had like a, a bunch of studios open they're like oh you're not open yet we're like no they're like okay no call us when you proven that this works oh yeah and so after getting you know kicked on her ass mm-hmm. time and time and time and time again and I remember my dad so my dad's a he is an investor mm-hmm. and but he's very firm right you know, very strict with um maybe strict's the wrong word but disciplined mm-hmm. so I remember one day he said to us in the beginning we were raising five million dollars which I laugh at now mm-hmm. he's like so Lynn's like are you sure you couldn't do this for like a hundred thousand yeah. And we're like, absolutely not. That <laughs> won't even pay for, you know, architect fees and uh-huh. all of this stuff. Well, little do you know it, we started with zero dollars. Mm-hmm. We found this um, gym called Empower in the financial district. Okay. And they had a little yoga room. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't being used. Mm. So we're like, could we use this? Yeah. You know, so we worked out like a quick little deal with them, opened mm-hmm. within a week. And then we just started teaching the class. Like, let's just prove the product works at oh, the studio. Oh, that's great. And within two weeks, we had our first sold-out class. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. So the product works. Now what do we do? Right. You know? 
all these other ideas formulating in my head, you know, I was like, okay, well, I had everything planned out. Like, I know exactly how the teacher is. I know what the studio is going to feel like. I know what the imagery, I know how everything is going to feel, mm-hmm. you know, when you experience uh, the culture. And, but you kind of don't know how or like what to do next. Mm-hmm. So that's when we did get um, some funding. So yeah. we got a, two angel investors. Mm-hmm. Um, to support us to open our first brick and mortar location, okay. which we have now. Yeah. Um, and when we opened this location, it was like, okay, we've proven the product works. Now let's prove the business model works. Yeah. So obviously we have nothing to m- mimic. Mm-hmm. Uh, no yoga studios pay their teachers like this. No, no. I've, I've talked to a bunch and it seems you're like the only one. The only one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to mention we've got like unlimited vacation, unlimited sick time and like they use it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, with that, it was, it's a lot, it was a lot of work mm-hmm. to try to figure out what is the right person. Right. Who is the right person that actually likes this job? Like, mm-hmm. Do people, are people here for like the startup mentality? Mm -hmm. Are they here for like, do they see dollar signs? Mm -hmm. Are they here, you know, for whatever it might be? And obviously what it came down to, which is like the people who, you know, really work are the people who just really love yoga. Yeah. And they want to teach and they want to share the practice with this, you know, with people. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to have to worry about how am I going to pay rent? Yeah while they're just trying to do something they love. Mm-hmm. And so when we finally nailed that down and then let people get really grounded in that and then start taking on these other parts of the business, mm-hmm. you know, and it's we've formed this very, like, synergistic and you know, passionate, mm-hmm. raw team. And, we've yeah, it took a year, but we've proven the business model works. So now I'm kind of at that place where it's like, okay, product works, check. Yes. This year model works. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this moment where I'm like, oh shit. What's the next step? Okay. Uh-huh. I think I know what the next step is. It's more studios. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, you know, exactly how things unfold because mm-hmm. every time I try to like even go outside the lines a little bit of what the initial vision was, mm-hmm. I come right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the silly things like we, um, even for example, teacher trainings, you know, we talked oh. about a little bit, but most teachers, you have to pay to get certified. Oh yeah. And it's, it's not cheap. That was, uh, when I took my first teacher training, I was like, wait, you want me to pay two grand and, and it, I don't have a job after this. Mm-hmm. Well, Okay. Right. <laughs> because a lot of studios, and bless them, uh-huh. that's how they make, you know, a majority of their money. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. The way I'm doing it is not easy. And it's, yeah. it has not been as fun, mm-hmm. as, you know, and it hasn't been glamorous by any stretch of the imagination. Like, right. I clean toilets almost every day mm-hmm. and I take out, you know, but, but at the end of the day, like, it was so much more about, okay, let's just prove that this thing works somehow. Yes. yes. And one of the components was I did not like that people had to pay for teacher training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so for us, you get hired and then we train you. Yeah. So you're hired. You're safe. You're mm-hmm. good. We're going to put you on this career path. Mm-hmm. And then if teachers don't have their 200-hour certification, because I, I still really like the idea of mm-hmm. the 200-hour 
well, you know, some kind of a cert before. Yeah. Uh, be- like baseline of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. So we'll train you, and then we also pay for it. And then after a year of being there, you get, you know, you get um, a reward of doing another training. Yeah. So it kind of helps and support the community in another way where, you know, I obviously know a lot of teachers that are still out there that are doing teacher trainings and like, yeah. okay, how can we support them too? Because mm-hmm. they're still living their dreams. So we'll pay you and we'll send our teachers there mm-hmm. and then they get continuing education, you know, and then come right back to ritual and they're like all fresh and excited. So yeah. it's a really, uh, I remember pitching to investors and they would say, mm-hmm. oh, I'll invest in a heartbeat. I just, as, as long as you change the teacher model. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, you know, so many people, we would get so close, mm-hmm. you know, like pretty much term sheet. And they're like, okay, are you sure about this teacher model? I'm like, yes. Yeah. And they're like, nope, got it. It's got too it. capital intensive. And I don't really care because I've seen how other studios have spent their money and they invest more in the facilities than in the teachers. And it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Yeah. Like I can paint a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need, you know, designers up in there putting, like, $3,000 plants in your studio. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally get it. Yeah. Okay, so you've got your yoga studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any other business ventures that you're getting into? Yes. So, before, well, when I was at my, when I first started teaching yoga Uh at Hot House in Iowa City, and I was always very frustrated because my students mm-hmm. would stop their practice to yeah. like quote unquote move their yoga towel around mm-hmm. like oh I need to fix this and I yeah. was just like stop messing with your towel yeah leave it alone mm-hmm. so I was like I'm gonna invent a product that holds your towel down mm-hmm. on your mat so you guys can't you know be screwing around during class yeah so I remember like it was my junior year mm-hmm. and my business operations class we had to write a you know a business plan right so I had this group and they were like oh, I don't care I don't have a business idea I'm like great so I'm like I'm gonna write mine like you guys don't have to do anything like I got this one yeah so I wrote a whole business plan for mm-hmm. a product called Matt Snaps uh-huh. and it's a product that holds your yoga towel in place on your yoga mat mm-hmm. so wrote that plan so excited I'm like he's gonna love it you know mm-hmm. my professor's gonna be like great and then I got a B minus oh and I was like and then I heard someone call it an aftermarket doodad. So, like, total ego, like, shut down. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, fine. You know, sat on that idea for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then actually when I moved up to San Francisco and kind of got, you know, shaken up a little bit by the industry and also being out here where everybody's doing something. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was like, well, may as well just go ahead and do this. Yeah. So I have that. Now the product is called Matt Snaps. Uh-huh. And there are, yeah, four small little clips that hold your yoga towel in place on your yoga mat. And I've seen them in your studio. They are so handy. I definitely have had the struggle of like, oh my God, what the hell's my yoga towel doing? And I'm distracted and it's just all over the place. So I yeah. love them. I think they're great. Yeah. It was funny. When we had our first location at Empower, we had just enough Matt Snaps for that studio. Uh-huh. We opened our second location, and we've been having inventory issues trying to get more inventory in. Okay. So we didn't have enough for the second location. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the first location, boxing gym, temperature was pretty inconsistent. People literally bleeding because they just got beat up. Yeah. You know, you can see it. Uh-huh. And the new studio is gorgeous, all-inclusive. You know, mm-hmm. everything's there. And I'm like, okay, what do you guys think? You know, Empower versus, you know, the new location. They're like, oh, I mean, 
yeah, we like it, but you know, we just really miss the mat snaps. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. So we spent all this money, you guys missed the mat snaps. Mm-hmm. So that's too funny. Yeah, it's the little things. It is. It is. So how do you like when you prototype this product? Mm-hmm. How did you get it made? So we found a little. Um, we googled it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you design and make a product? Right. We found a designer down in Campbell, California. Okay. And went down there and we, you know, kind of talked him through the idea. I was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm thinking. This is kind of the problem, you know, I've noticed and I just need something that's yeah. going to work. And I had thought through like design iterations where, you know, like, do we put a button mm-hmm. or something of that nature? And nothing really could work because, you know, you know, yogis are very particular about, mm-hmm. no, I like this mat, no, I like this towel. And, yeah. you know, so through a lot of discussion, he created some mock-ups and looked them over, chose the one that we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a fun story. So we're like, well, we got to get a utility patent. Yeah. And so I started applying for the utility patent. And my lawyer was like, okay, Lindsay, do you really need a utility patent? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Obviously. He's like, what about a design? I'm like, no, no, I need this. So when I get my mindset to something, I just can't help myself. So he was working on this patent for probably a year and a half. Okay. And we were like kind of waiting, like, are we going to hear anything? And mm-hmm. he, he sends me something. He's like, hey, I got really bad news. Okay. He's like, what? He's like, you know, in, it was 1918, some guy created a product that looks exactly like your product but it holds curtains up on a wall, and so your utility patent isn't going to get approved. Oh, my God. I'm like, try, can you try again? He's uh-huh. like, I mean, I can. It's not going to get approved. Like, it's not going to work. Uh-huh. Try again. Nothing. Yeah. He's like, listen, it's not going to work. I've adjusted the claims. They're denying it. Mm-hmm. You're wasting your money. Mm-hmm. Let it go. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. No. Try again. <laughs> he's, he's annoyed with me at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, third time. Sent it again. He's like, look, you got the design patent. That's done. And one day, I hadn't even thought about it in probably three or four months. Mm-hmm. It just kind of lost all hope. I get an email. Hey, really random. Uh-huh. Utility patent went through. Huh. And I was like, what? Just obviously shocked. Drank a bunch of champagne. <laughs> um, and so after that, now I've kind of relaxed a little bit with the product because you know, going through the manufacturing issues and everything, at least we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're first to market and we've got the patents on it. So now it's time to like, okay, let's make the adjustments we need to make. Yeah. Um, so that way, you know, when we are ready mm-hmm. to go, it's exactly how, yeah. you know, it should be versus something trying to just throw it together to be first to market. Now we have a little bit more security. So. Yeah, that's good. You won't have anyone kind of coming out with something and then you go, wait, what the hell? Mm-hmm. That's mine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like a big a big person coming in, a big company coming in and being like, oh, oh God, yeah, that we're would just be gonna just take awful. This and then you'd tell everyone, that was my idea. And they're like, sure, Lindsay. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. By the teachers and then she also understands the legal sides of things. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so how do we maintain compliance? And then also understands, okay, Yes, I get this is an expensive business model, Mm -hmm. so let's figure out how we're going to support that. So people start to just find their way, and Mm -hmm. it's not always what they think when they come in. Yeah. But 
we have a pretty good balanced team where people who are interested in people stuff mm-hmm. take on that. We've got people who are, everybody loves the marketing side of things, yeah. you know, the, the connection with the community and the Instagrams and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's kind of a whole team effort. And uh-huh. then we have people who are more specific in like the back end type, you know, marketing, where do you do the advertising, uh-huh. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of what I do, I find very quickly what um, I shouldn't pass off because mm-hmm. <laughs> I end up just micromanaging. Yeah. You know, and I realize like, okay, yeah, Lindsay, you're not ready to let that go. Yeah. Um, so, for example, like the class. Mm-hmm. I initially was like, okay, yeah, like I'll, you know, pass this on and it'll be fine. And then immediately it was like, oh, but no, no, we don't do that. No, no, we don't do this. No, we, that's what, that's not. That's not an adjustment we're going to make because this is why. Uh-huh. And with the class in particular, I um, had done all these teacher trainings. I was so frustrated. Why do I have to go to a yin class and then a sculpt class mm-hmm. and then a Bikram class mm-hmm. to get this well-rounded experience? Right. So the way the class is designed is I took all my trainings and put it into one class. Mm-hmm. And so the second that it started to deviate, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. So... Again, it's kind of this give and take where I realize, like, oh, I don't really care about that. Right. You know, let's find someone who's passionate, mm-hmm. who's great at it, and they can take it on. Um, but I remember Tina Fey has a book. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. Anyway, I was reading her book, and she just said, all you got to do is hire people or hire people that are better than you and then get out of their way. Yeah. So that's really what I try to do. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm good at, and then I hire everything else out, and then I get out of the way. Like, tell me what you need me to do. I mm-hmm. remember when I was at Lululemon, I said, I just want to be the type of, like, boss where people tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, our org charts flipped upside down. Yeah. You know, like, how can I serve you? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. You know, what what can I give you? What tools can I give you? What resources can I give you? I probably don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll help you find it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously we'll need to take time off from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, business management is exhausting. Yes. So when you do go on vacation, do you completely shut off or do you keep some little wires open and say, okay, this is how you get to me if you really need me? Or mm-hmm. are you like, I'm on vacation, but I'm not really on vacation because I'm on my laptop the whole time. Yeah. Uh, if you ask my boyfriend, he'd say I'm never on vacation. Uh, I think I do an okay job. Uh, I I call it I call it when I'm like a ghost. Mm-hmm. So I have um, when I'm when I'm a ghost on vacation. Yeah, it's like I am dead. Mm-hmm. Like I am no longer here. You know, even if there's a fire, don't mm-hmm. call me. Yeah, and I've had like three of those days. Okay. Other than that, I'm on. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that I have to be, mm-hmm. but that I, you know, you just get addicted. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so addicted. I'm so addicted. And I love it. And it's like, I can't help. But when I'm, even when I'm away, like when we're on vacation, of mm-hmm. course I'm going to be doing yoga. Of course I'm going to be doing that. Yeah. And then how can I not think about the studio? And how can mm-hmm. I not be like, I love this. Right. Let's incorporate this in. Mm-hmm. So it honestly, it sounds so cliche. It just doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. You know, I can even nerd out on spreadsheets. I remember we were in Barbados. My boyfriend and I went on this fabulous yoga and photography retreat. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, we got to go on this retreat. He's a photographer. Mm-hmm. 
I do yoga. So it was perfect. Yeah. Barbados. Hello. And the whole time I'm there, I'm like thinking, this is so cool. Like, and Ritual could have one of these. Yeah. You know? So we're there and I'm like on my laptop and, you know, running new analyses on, you know, the teacher model and like cost per class and Mm -hmm. revenue per class, you know, but I'm laying by the pool in Barbados. Yeah. So I'd rather be doing that than like reading a novel most of the time. So, yeah, I, three days this year, I would say I was completely off. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's definitely a lot of dedication. Um, But I mean, like you said, if you love what you're doing and if you just kind of can't shut it off, then Mm -hmm. like that's. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I have to call myself out too because yeah. a lot of times I'm not actually working, but it's the thinking about working. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself, Lindsay, thinking about working is not working. Yeah. So if you're going to think about it, open your laptop and do something about it. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you can get so caught up in your head mm-hmm. and it makes no difference. Oh, yeah. You know, I have to remind my team of that too. I'm like, okay, are you working or are you thinking about working? Mm-hmm. Big difference. Big difference. And that's what I'm mostly guilty of is just like I'm on vacation. Like, oh, but I want to. And I'm like, no, be present. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, so being that founding a business obviously is very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And you're going to run up a bunch uh, against a bunch of roadblocks as you go. Mm-hmm. What do you think was your biggest challenge when you started turning your vision into reality? Um, gosh, you know, the biggest challenge, I think, maybe not even challenge isn't how I said, but like the most startling thing mm-hmm. was when I came out of college, I, you know, I, you hear about sexism, you hear about all these things and you don't really think it's real. Right. And then I was always in a very female-dominated culture, you know, mm-hmm. working at Lululemon and then working at you know, Core Power. Like, it was, you know, a lot of feminine energy and, yeah. you know, intelligent people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. And then when we started pitching, the things these investors would say just blew my mind. You know, the lack of even awareness at how sexist some of the things they said were Mm -hmm. and how offensive it was. Yeah. It was, it hit me on a new level Mm -hmm. and it started another fire in me where, you know, once Ritual takes off and let's say we IPL in 10 years, like I would love to have a venture fund, you know, and not even just focusing on women, but Mm -hmm. just in order to like give back Mm -hmm. uh, in a different way and support people for their ideas and intellect versus gender. Yeah, and it's, absolutely. I, I just, I remember the worst, the worst was pitching to this potential investor and had all of this, you know, information for him and so on and so forth. And really the only piece of feedback he said, well, you know, and he like cocked his head to the side and said, well, you know, all I got to say is you should really, um, Leverage your assets, you know, for marketing. Oh. And I was like, oh my God. Like, just, why are you even? Yeah, no. (laughs) You know, why are you saying that? And like, just the total, Uh no, like, 
strategic questions about the business model. Uh-huh. No like intellectually stimulating conversations about the finances. Nothing mm-hmm. of that nature. Just, oh, let's talk about, you know, what you're really good for. Right. And I was just like, go oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So that was very, very startling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you find that that attitude was like present across a lot of different investors? Or was it um, kind of 50-50 or... It was pretty present. It was the, it was the, like, this, you know, we were called sorority girls. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you guys are like those sorority girls. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. I'm just confused. Right. Like, like why are you even saying that? Uh-huh. You know, and the, the demeanor and it was pretty consistent. Yeah. And you always wonder with comments like that, it's like, are you intentionally trying to make me feel less empowered or is this just accidental? Is this just the way that you are? Like what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The best is when they don't know what to call you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like they'll, um, they get really awkward, you uh-huh. know, when it's, you know, like they don't say you guys. And then if they do, and then they slip up and they're like, oh girls, I mean, uh, uh, and you're like, okay, Jesus. Yeah. You like, don't even know what you, to say. Have you never talked to a woman before? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you never talked to a human before? Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, yeah. You know, I'm the same as you. I'm just a different age and different fun parts. Mm, exactly. And you know? we um, have this, like, really fabulous financial model. And mm-hmm. I remember this one guy was like, well, so who made this? Mm-hmm. Just right off the bat, who made this model? Does it? Wow. Why? Like, yeah. Why are you asking this? What is the, you know? It was just very little things like that uh-huh. where I think it was. Honestly, I don't think anybody was malicious. I mm-hmm. think it's just complete lack of awareness. Yeah, it seems more like I guess ignorance and inexperience with how to interact with um, someone who is young and female because mm-hmm. there aren't very there aren't as many. Um, you know, young female entrepreneurs out there. A lot of them mm-hmm. are men and older. And when you get used to handling a certain type of person as this is my run of the mill, mm-hmm. someone else could totally throw you off. Oh, yeah. So. And they would say things like, you know, oh, well, we're not in, in, interested, but, you know, I'm sure there's a women's grant, you know, you could apply for out there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, again, just yeah. go fuck yourself. Like, th- thank you, but fuck you very much. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, that's too funny. And it's like, I, I want to believe the best in people most of the time, so it's like, I, I know you mean well, but if you've heard it like 50 times that day, it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you could go back to beginning of business planning, mm-hmm. Lindsay, like very beginning, and yeah. tell yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself one piece of advice and this would have made things so much smoother for me along the way. Like, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself? Sleep more. Sleep more. Yeah. It's so silly. I, and it comes down, it's through yoga. You know, I always, it's, and it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, sleep more. The, Sometimes I'll be having a really stressful day and I'm like, think, and I, I attribute it to all of these factors. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we didn't hit our plan last mm-hmm. month for sales and, or our profit margin wasn't where it should be and, mm-hmm. or this number was off. 
and it would just irk me, you know, and I would obsess over it and like mm-hmm. try to figure out, okay, what exactly happened and get so stressed out and then attribute the stress to this situation mm-hmm. when the reality is, Lindsay, you slept four hours last night. Right. You know, freaking stubbing your toe would piss you off this much at yeah. this point. So it's just very basic. Sleep more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you always hear the cliche like, oh, you know, would you do anything differently? And people are like, no. And right. I wouldn't want to change anything, but sleeping more and just taking care of yourself holistically, sure. especially with relationships, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine to put yourself through something like that. But mm-hmm. when you have a partner and they're like, um, okay, you're crazy again. Today. Yeah. So can we talk about this or <laughs> actually not talk about this? Yeah. Can you like take a nap and then we'll talk about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. That's some good advice for pretty much anyone out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty much all I wanted to go over with you today. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything going on at Ritual right now that you would want to talk about? Any like workshops coming up or cool stuff? Yeah. So we are doing our Rituals and Visuals Retreat. Cool. And that is coming up the first week in May. Uh-huh. And it's going to be similar to rituals so it's an all-inclusive experience Mm -hmm. luxurious we're gonna be doing the ritual classes incorporating some photography in there Mm -hmm. Uh, and taking our experience you know out in a new way yeah a lot of the millennial generation right now you know and we're having kids later but Mm -hmm. we have like double income Mm -hmm. you know it's this very interesting time where People, you don't want to go on spring break again, but you want to have that kind of community feel. Yeah. And find people who are passionate about the same things you're passionate about. And mm-hmm. people who want to, you know, go on a vacation, but maybe not just with, like, them and their, you know, buddy. Mm-hmm. So this is really about bringing people together who have, you know, like-minded passions and who also want to just have a good time. <laughs> cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone out there is interested in looking at uh, Ritual Hot Yoga, you guys are RitualHotYoga.com, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, RitualHotYoga.com, and I've been there. It's super awesome. So if you're in the San Francisco or Bay Area, you should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will talk to you all out in podcast land next time.